your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jay Foster. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the scrimmage that happened a couple of days ago that I watched last night, uh, some line combinations, things like that, uh, and also the fact that apparently half of our team is being held out of practice due to uh, an overabundance of caution, is the is the official quote, uh, and we'll finish up with a little mailbag session. Uh so we'll get right into it. Uh, I want to talk about the the COVID problem first. Um, I it's a tough one because I've missed hockey. Uh, hockey is a huge part of my life. It's you know uh, I work in hockey. I you know it it is something that I didn't really know what to do when it suddenly went away. Um, you know, it was really important to my mental health as well. Like, it's sometimes you're having a bad day, you just want to put the hockey on, and that's that's what matters. Um, so having it back was was really great. Uh, like for me emotionally. Um, but the problem is that we are in a pandemic. The cases are not getting better. We are in roughly the same position we were you know, nine months ago, ten months ago, except seven, you know, almost a million people are dead. Um, so it feels really reckless uh, and self-absorbed to even have a season at this point. I know why we're doing it. It's because of money and whatnot. But the problem is someone i saw someone talk about how new zealand has got sports back and uh korean baseball was the only sport that was that was happening for a while that sports are a reward that they were given for dealing with the pandemic in an appropriate and time sensitive manner which is something that the uk where i live has not done uh and it is something that america and canada has not really done so i don't I don't agree at all with the fact that sports are back. Um, even if selfishly I have really enjoyed watching the World Juniors games, uh, the scrimmage that I'm going to talk about in a minute, I really enjoyed watching that. You know, it was nice to see them on the ice. But I can't in any kind of good conscience, conscience say, yes, we should have sports back. We deserve this. Um and this is why, because I took a nap and then woke up to discover that half of the team is missing uh, because of, quote, an overabundance of caution in line with the league's uh, protocols, um, which is very much the this is fine dog uh, except the dog is the NHL and the fire is COVID-19. 
I think it's especially worrying in terms of our team because uh, we have Mike Stomi, who is a type 1 diabetic uh, and is obviously at much greater risk than most of the other uh, most of the other team. Um, Nick Foligno has, uh, you know, three small children, one of whom has a serious heart condition. You know, she's probably at pretty high risk. Uh, I believe his youngest son is also high risk. It's the whole thing is, it feels really reckless. And I understand that the sports need to make money, but it's frustrating that some arenas are like, yeah, we'll let fans back in. And then, you know, other teams are cancelling practices outright, like the Stars or, you know, the Blue Jackets had to shut down their practice facilities two weeks ago because, like, eight players got COVID. And for them to just kind of continue, like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Everything is fine. We're doing great. Uh, Nothing is wrong here at all. And then for them to turn around and do this, it just feels really kind of disingenuous and like the they care more about having the season and making money than the well-being of their players um like i know there was a a study on college football where they found that like their hearts were affected if they you know guys that suffered from covid and got better by all accounts are now suffering from you know heart issues and they don't know what the long-term effects of that are going to be and uh, it's it's frustrating to see the sport kind of pretend that everything is fine when clearly, clearly it is not. Um, I don't really have a solution for this. Um, someone was talking about why why did they not go back in the bubble, and um, one of the stars, uh, beat writer Saad Youssef, was talking about you know, okay, yeah, that's that's not. Like, it worked for the six weeks or two months or however long the playoff bubble lasted. You can't run a whole season like that. Um, It's asking the players to stay away from their families. It's asking them to, you know, basically isolate for six months, maybe longer. And, you know, there's been studies that have shown that this kind of isolating is bad for mental health. So... While the bubble may in fact, you know, yes, decrease the chances of everyone getting COVID, it's not feasible in the same way that I feel like the current situation is not feasible because you either have to put your mental health at risk or you have to put your physical health at risk. And we shouldn't be asking people to do that, no matter how much they get paid. I know there's a lot of arguments like, oh, they're millionaires, they can deal with it. Nope, that's, they're still people. They, you know, millions of dollars is not, you can't put a price on, you know, being able to stay healthy. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I hesitate to stand up and be like, look, cancel the season. We need to get this under control before we're allowed to do any kind of sports because that's not going to happen. But I can't see a way that the NHL season can run without, you know, putting something at risk, be it the players or the revenue or whatever. And frankly, at this point, the players should come first because lives are more important than the billionaire NHL owners making more billions.
Um, and with all that said, uh, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about the scrimmage I watched last night, some of the line combinations that I thought worked, something that I thought didn't work. Uh, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Uh, college football is heading into bowl season. There are some huge matchups coming this weekend. Uh, the NFL regular season's finishing up. The playoff picture's getting clearer and clearer there. The NBA is back. Obviously, the NHL might be back next week. Uh, and, you know, there's only one place that has you covered for sports betting. And there's only one place that we trust. And that's betonline.ag. Uh, if you sign up today for a free account, uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps or one word. Uh, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Uh, I don't know that they have any odds for the season actually going ahead, but maybe they should. Um, so, you know, go in. They have uh, the odds up for all of the awards. Uh, Seth Jones is a 17-1 to 1 chance of winning the Norris, I believe. We talked yesterday about Oliver Bjorkstrand uh, being in the, in the list for... Uh, winning the Rocket Richard, which I personally love. Uh, so, you know, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on on the action. Don't forget that promo code is locked on, all one word, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want some more wins, then listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going to be picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. So it feels like a bit of a kind of a an about face to suddenly turn around and be like, okay, sports shouldn't be happening, but since it is, but this is this is what I'm here for, um, you know. So uh, last night, couldn't sleep, decided I would watch the recording of the Blue Jackets uh, scrimmage that happened on Tuesday evening, I believe, uh, or maybe Wednesday evening. Um, I don't understand time anymore. Um, but my feelings about hockey coming back aside, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, some guys looked good. Some guys looked like there's some rust to knock off, which makes sense. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of the the final look versus what's happening at the minute because I do feel like there is a lot of things that was in that scrimmage that will not be there um, in the in the opening day roster. Um, I like the top line a lot, or, you know, our assumed top line uh, with Dubois centering Texier and Bjorkstrand, uh, and I believe that line combined for, like, six or seven goals uh, during that scrimmage, which, obviously, it's a scrimmage, it's a glorified practice, you can't, you know, put a lot of stock in it, but, you know, that was promising, especially, you know, we were talking about Olaf Bjorkstrand's 30-goal season, you know, I'm still... I'm going to stand by that, uh, and he scored three goals uh, in this scrimmage, so, you know, obviously that's really promising. Um, the second line of uh, Domi centering Atkinson and Felino was also pretty good. Um, I don't necessarily understand putting Felino on that line, but he also scored three goals. Um, so, you know, they can't 
I don't know that he has that in him for the whole season, but it was promising to see someone who has struggled offensively for the past few seasons do that. Um, Max Domi, uh, I hadn't, I'm not going to lie, hadn't paid a lot of attention to him since uh, his Arizona days. He is a very good passer. Um, he always seemed to be putting it tape to tape. It was always in the right place. Uh, so that's really promising. Uh, if we can get him and Cam uh, kind of on a line together permanently, then I think that could pay huge dividends for Cam, who scored 40 goals, you know, a season ago, and then spent most of this season injured. Or, well, the last season, I guess. Uh, this season, you know, knock on wood, he's going to be healthy for the whole thing. Uh, so, you know, that was really, it was a, a decent top six showing. I thought uh, Koivu looks good, but I mean, we know, we know what we're getting with Koivu. You know, there's there's not going to be any surprises there. Um, in terms of like bottom six and guys that might have to be fighting for a roster spot, uh, I thought Gerby looked okay. Um, Foodie looks really strong on the puck. Uh, Eric Robinson continues to kind of prove himself as a Josh Anderson light, uh, he's, he is fast, uh, and I think we need to take advantage of that before teams figure out just how fast he is, um, same with Foodie, Foodie is a lot faster than, than I seem to remember, uh, which is good, because I worried about him, put, he put on 10 pounds of pure muscle, uh, this offseason, apparently, which, you know, most of us put 10 pounds on, but I certainly did not put, did not put 10 pounds of muscle on, um, and so I worried that that extra weight was going to slow him down a little bit, but apparently it has not. Uh, he looked really strong out there. I would be surprised if he does not make the opening night roster. Um, in terms of defense, you know, Jones and Wierenski are obviously our top pair. Gavrikov and Savard are three and four. I really liked um, what I saw from Andrew Peak in that scrimmage. Uh, he has got a pretty good one-timer, pretty good situational awareness, which I liked. Dean Kukan, obviously... You know, he's he's solid. He held his own uh, when he was on the top line with Seth Jones. Uh, and I do think the um, Wierenski uh, comparison is pretty apt. He is kind of like a Zach Wierenski-esque type player, um, which is, you know, can only be a good thing. Uh, I'm pretty happy with those guys as our third pair. Uh, we, I talked to Jeff Svoboda about this in November. You know, that seems to be the the de facto pairing, and then obviously Scott Harrington will likely be our seventh seventh man. He seems happy enough with that. And then we have, you know, guys like, um, we have guys like Gabriel Carlson to kind of slot in as and when we need them. Uh, someone else I want to talk about is uh, Mikhail Grigorenko, who is in North America for the first time. Uh, I liked what I saw from him a lot as well. Um, I would actually quite like to see him on that second line with Domi and Atkinson. Uh, it would free up Felino to play a less kind of offensively minded role and allow him to use the defensive skills that he has and that we kind of have learned to rely on him for. Um, and I think the, the kid deserves, you know, at least a look at being in the top six, um, so, you know, it's it's tough because there are, we have a lot of good wingers and a lot of wingers that I think are top six players. You know, Emil Bemstrom is another one. I would like to see him get some top six time, but I don't know how much he's going to get. 
Um, I guess, you know, it is the one good-ish thing about losing Gus Nyquist for most of the season is that it frees up that roster spot for kind of a younger player to kind of come in and show show what he has. Uh, and we're not necessarily putting a guy like Gus Nyquist on a lower line or even on the bench for it. Um, which, you know, is, is what was the, the thing about all the injuries we had last season was it gave guys like Robinson, Stenland, um, you know, guys like that, a chance to really kind of show us what they can do. And it gave us, you know, a really good insight into the kind of depth that the Blue Jackets have. Um, in terms of goaltending, obviously it's really tough to kind of predict based on a scrimmage because players in a scrimmage, I find, are generally not trying as hard as they would in games. Uh, which is not like a knock on the players, it's just, you know, scrimmages are a little bit more easygoing, there's not a lot of shot blocking or, like, throwing yourself at players defensively, you know, uh, even for the defensemen. You know, while while they were playing some defence, there is kind of that tendency to, well, it's a scrimmage, the score doesn't really matter, uh, beyond, you know, basic pride. Um and so it's tough to kind of evaluate goalies. Um, Elvis looked a little rough. Um, I don't know. I know uh, Jody Shelley remarked that he had, like, brand new pads on. And so there seemed to be a lot of, like, almost awkward, awkward butterflying. Like, it didn't feel like his pads were quite settled. Uh, there were a lot of goals that kind of... Um, the ones that did not get, like, deflected or screened in, I feel like a lot of the goals were due to uh, five-hole issues or kind of... Uh, I saw one that kind of bounced off the inside of his knee and then just kind of rolled in, and it all felt a little bit like, oh, okay, these this is this is a guy wearing new pads, he has to break them in. Um, which seems fair. Um, on the other hand, Corpusalo, I thought, was looking really strong. Uh, his skating was really good, his positioning was good, uh, his edge work and his control over his edges seemed really good, uh, and it feels like he's really kind of settled into his own. Like, we talked about this a lot during the playoffs when he played, you know. He was the Blue Jackets' best player in the playoffs, far and away. Um, and it feels like he's really kind of settled into this, into his own. He seems a lot calmer in net, you know. Um, and it's... It's it's really good to see that kind of the development of him being this kind of flaily, bad-tempered rookie into a pretty calm potential starting goaltender. Um, so you know that's exciting, exciting for me. Uh, I think we're probably going to continue to run the one A one B this season unless one of them really struggles or really you know has a hot hand. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out uh, down the line. Coming up in just a minute, we've got a mailbag coming up for you. I've got a couple of questions about the lineup and a couple of more fun off-ice style questions. Uh, uh, but first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible to go to your average storefront and get the part you need. Uh, you know, you've got to go in, you've got to endure all this pointless and intimidating questioning from someone who knows better than you, uh, or thinks that does anyway, and you have to wait for them to order the part, you have to wait for the part to come in before your car can be fixed. 
Uh, or you could simply just go on your phone or computer and head straight to rockauto.com. Uh, rockauto.com is a family business. They've been doing this online for about 20 years now. And they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, uh, even things like new carpets. Uh, if you can imagine it on or in your car, rockauto.com probably stocks it. Um, best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So no matter if you are a professional looking to stock up on your garage parts or your DIYer just looking for this one thing to fix your car, go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts that are available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This week on the Locked On NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Arvampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. We've got previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On fantasy host Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Our division, the Central Division, turned up in yesterday's. Uh, Today we've got the West, but you know, you all want to listen to what I have to say about the Blue Jackets and their opponents this season so head on over to nhl locked on nhl podcast for that uni- uh, exclusive insight uh so the f- the first question i got was from uh, sarah avapato herself host of locked on kings uh and she just says tell me about elvis's dog um and i did actually get another question about team dogs so i'm gonna fold that in um elvis's dog is called kobe uh and he is uh some kind of doodle mix uh, that looks like a teddy bear. Um, he's wonderful. Um, he has his own Instagram, which I believe is happy underscore Kobe. Uh, I love him a lot. Uh, with the departure of uh, Wemberg, Murray, and Nudavara, we did lose three very good team dogs uh, in Dash Hans Lexi and E2. And uh, Ryan Murray had an Australian Shepherd called Jake, uh, who I loved. So Kobe's really got some heavy lifting to do this season in terms of uh, opening up options for best team dog. Um, and somebody else asked me, you know, who's going to become the new favourite now that E2 is gone? Uh, because I know there was there was a, an article or an interview or something uh, where they talked about how all of the dogs just love uh, E2, which is uh, Marcus Nudavara's uh, dash hand. Um, but you know, there's there's lots of good team dogs. Kobe's pretty good. Uh, Dubois has a both a French bulldog and an English bulldog. Uh, I believe called Philippe and I want to say Georgia, for or Georgie, um, but they're very good. Obviously, Eastern is an old, an old uh, Blue Jackets mainstay in the dog front. That's Cam Atkinson's uh, Candy Floss Cloud dog. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good dogs. Um, it's obviously going to be harder to get you know dog content now that everything is locked down and everyone's got to stay inside. But we can only hope that there will be more dogs making friends. Um, the other questions I got, Ria asks, what non PLD narratives are you looking forward to? Uh, I did talk a little bit about the goalie narrative that I'm looking forward to in. Uh, my segment on Locked On NHL, so you should go listen to that if you haven't already. Um, 
Another narrative that I'm looking forward to is kind of the development of the younger guys, who is going to get the top six spots, uh, because we have so many good and promising younger players. Um, I think it's going to be really fun to watch them develop. Um, obviously, Ollie, uh, Ollie Bjorkstrand's re-signed, so that's something I don't have to stress about. Uh, but kind of the, the, solidify, the solidify, solidifying of uh, younger players and that third pairing defence, I think is going to be really interesting to kind of look at and watch. Um, they also asked, uh, what about projected lines and power play penalty kill units? That's a really hard one because John Tortorella likes to do things differently like almost every single game, it feels like. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about kind of the top six. Uh, so, you know, we've got Dubois centering Texier and Bjorkstrand. We've got Domi centering uh, Atkinson and Felino. Uh, I would like to see Grigorenko there. And then kind of moving down, uh, I'd like to see Koivu centering... Uh, Maybe Bemstrom and Foodie, kind of the two younger guys, and then uh, seeing uh, Riley Nash as our fourth line centre with uh, Felino and Jenna. Um, it feels really disingenuous to put those two guys on the fourth line, but I feel like our fourth line and our third line are basically interchangeable with one another at this point. Um, so, you know, it, it's less of a fourth line and more of a these are our top six guys, these are our bottom six guys. Um, defense obviously we've talked about that that's pretty that's pretty set and then goaltending there's not going to be any kind of drama there this season i don't think uh beyond oh who's starting which games um power play and penalty kill is tough because again tortorella mixes things up a lot um one i saw in the scrimmage last night and really liked was uh Wierenski at the top and then uh bemstrom domi and gregorenko uh, as one, two, three, and then uh, I believe Texier was in front of the net, so uh, that looked really good. That looked really strong. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, penalty kill. I would like to see Domi and Dubois get some penalty kill time. I don't know whether Domi killed a lot of penalties in Montreal. I know Dubois doesn't really kill penalties, but I feel like if you're gonna play that top six center you should be able to kill penalties uh, because if nothing else, it'll improve your defensive kind of mindset on the team. And I think that's what guys like Dubois are kind of lacking a little bit. Um, and I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, tomorrow, I will. Uh, we've got a special weekend episode of Lockdown Blue Jackets coming up. Uh, where I will finally finish the Central Division breakdown that I had planned to do today, uh, and uh, we'll we'll see what else we'll see what else comes up. Uh, but until then, uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at jaythegoalie. You can find this podcast on Twitter at lo underscore bluejackets. Uh, and if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail dot com. I'll see you tomorrow.